Welcome to Ministry Leaders Anonymous. My name is Chris Bartman. And I'm Matt Rice, and we hope to provide a moment of sanity during a busy week of ministry. And we've both worked in ministry for sometimes what seems forever. And as damaged as we are, we are ready to dive into and bring light to the hurts, hopes, and hungers that every minister has. And Chris, you are hurting today. <laughs> yes, I have I have the hurts. Yes. <laughs> and Chris is sick, guys. He does not feel good. He does not look good. So we probably aren't going to use this video in any other promotion. <laughs> I look rough. You know that means that Taylor's going to definitely use the video. Yeah. So. This is what Chris looks on a bad day. Look at these dimples. Still not too shabby, ladies. <laughs> Last week, you guys got to hear the live podcast. It was also our longest podcast. If you were used to the 28-minute type of mark, thanks for journeying with us for a whole 39 minutes. That was our longest podcast. Hold on a sec. How many minutes do you think were ums and errs because i know that because it was live that all that didn't get edited out no taylor ended up uh sharpening it a little bit he did yep. do a number yeah he cut out all my go-aheads <laughs> that's my trigger word or his i don't think word. he did <laughs> anyway anyway keep going one of the coolest parts about it was the intro music and the outro music was live played yeah normally yeah. he lines it up and we had to figure it out just right that was a lot of fun it was just a lot of fun but it was also terrifying it absolutely was. Chris and I were, were uncomfortable with what was what was going to happen, and that's what today's podcast is all about. Is be uncomfortable. Like, yep. think about your ministry. When's the last time that you were uncomfortable, that you took a big risk, that you did something new and different on some level? I want to start with, like we did at the, pod, the live podcast, by inviting the Holy Spirit. Amen. In fact, we forgot to pray today. We did. So let's uh, let's invite the Holy Spirit in right now in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Holy Spirit, we dedicate this podcast to you so that it might be at your service, that we might be able to be instruments in your worthy hands, then that it might help inspire ministry leaders to the ends of the earth. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. One of the titles of the Holy Spirit is the Comforter. And in order to encounter the Comforter, you have to be uncomfortable. Yep. We've and talked about that, that before. Yep. And that is what we were last week. Three times, not just once, but three times. So tell them about the other two. Sure. This being uncomfortable wasn't just about the live podcast. It was also about what we did before that. So at the Dallas Ministry Conference, Chris and I were leading sessions that were called roundtable discussions. And in particular, our topic was the tough topics, which means almost anything that people walked in with that they wanted to talk about whether it's homosexuality, abortion, contraception, divorce, immigration, whatever they wanted to talk about, they walk in and they say, let's talk about this. Yep. And the way that we ran the workshop was at, at the very beginning, we actually had them share all of their thoughts. So we put them up on the board and then we whittled it down to four or five, um, depending on what the people in the room actually wanted to talk about. And so those that got the most number of people that said, the, or, sorry, those that got at least, what, six people? At least wanted six, to talk about six it. people. That, yeah, and some people could vote twice. It, it was all from this process called Sprint yep. uh, that is a book by Google Venture, uh, some Google Venture people that test ideas within a quick time period. And so we took some of those tactics and we were able to really in about uh, 10 minutes get all the topics and get people in groups of uh, six to eight um, to discuss a tough but true topic in the church. Yeah. And some aspects of this were were relatively comfortable because I wasn't in the group talking about these things. So it was up to the people in the group to have the conversation. So then there wasn't so much pressure on me to say the right thing from up front about these tough topics. But 
there was the potential, and this was one of my insecurities leading into this, was, well, what are these people going to say to each other? You know, and in this group is, are, are we, are we just waiting? Are we picking a fight? <laughs> are we waiting for these people just to start fighting with each other? And then we're going to have to play referee and, and keep people from beating each other up. Well, and the other side that made me nervous is, are we crowdsourcing truth? Uh, right. Yeah, yeah. And how, how could we ensure that the church's teaching would be showcased yeah. as opposed to where they desire to, the church to be or where they personally lean? And I was really pleased at all three sessions that those type of things only came out in, in minor ways. It wasn't like anyone was there speaking heretical you know, nonsense or anything along those lines, it, which, which is beautiful. And it speaks to how we framed the session and also the quality of the Dallas Ministry Conference. Yeah, and that's one of the things that we did when we began the session is we, is we told everyone, we are not here to debate church teaching. What we are here is to talk about how we can minister to those who are affected by a particular teaching or who are affected by, again, sometimes the way that we carry out those teachings. So continuing with the, uh, the process, we would have them mention all the challenges surrounding that specific topic, say illegal immigration or the clergy scandal, and then... They would take those challenges and change them into questions that start out, how might we? So we took a huge topic and we said, we are going to zero in on one aspect of it. And I think that does two things. One, it creates boundaries for the conversation because then we can get more accomplished in a short amount of time because we all have a unified goal. And number two, it acknowledges that there's a plethora of facets and aspects of the topic. Acknowledging that along the way is vital. Yeah, absolutely. And and that helps you like focus on something that you can actually do something about it. Like what can you do about it rather than just thinking about this huge broad topic and being overwhelmed and thinking we can't do this. We can't do anything about it. Whereas if you just list out the challenges, you list out the how might we's, you make a decision on which one you want to focus on, then you've got something that's tangible and real and something that you can actually do something about. Right. Attack the, attack the problem, attack the question, attack the issue. Here's the cool thing. When we got about 30 minutes in, that's when they got, got ready for their sticker dots to vote on which question are we going to really dial in on. And, and we would pause the session. at the two. I love this part. This was yeah. one of my favorite parts in both sessions. Yeah. And, and we would just acknowledge that what has happened in just the last 30 minutes is more discussion about this topic than what happens in the average parish in a 10-year time. Yep. Like just from those questions and that process to be able to voice the challenges and turn it into questions that, that could have solutions to them. The people talked about the clergy scandal more in a 30-minute session than the average parish talks about it in the last 10 years. Illegal immigration, gender identity, all those different pieces. Like God was glorified in the midst of those conversations. And when we say talk about it, we mean talk about it, not just argue about it or gripe about it or gossip about it. They were actually talking about it in in productive ways uh, to want to do something in response to it. Whereas most of the stuff you hear, you know, either through social media or whatever is is people complaining, you know, about this happening or that happening and, and nothing productive. And so it's beautiful to see not only did, did, did was the silence broken and more conversation happened in that time than in the last 10 years, but also it was productive conversation, not just, you know, venom. Civil discourse is possible. It's, a, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing because you wouldn't know by looking at any social media platform, I don't care what social media platform, that civil discourse just does not seem possible. And it was. Yeah. 
Did you have any other, I guess, fears or insecurities leading up to those types of sessions? The only other challenge that we really faced, in addition to, you know, basically you pull the pin out of a grenade and you hope that it doesn't explode, right? <laughs> because these tough but true topics, like they, they are hot button issues, is that we ran up against time, not having enough time, yep. which, which I had to be the bad guy at some point and just say, okay, go. You guys have 30 seconds left. Go and just kind of drive it along. If we did it again, I would have loved to have an extra 15 minutes in the session. In fact, those that joined us for the first session knew that because we had to extend the session 15 (laughs) minutes just to accomplish our goals. Yeah. Yeah. And then we cut out like 15 minutes of stuff in the second session so that we could like work finish on time and it did feel rushed you know like it felt a little rushed and and i I don't think the people in it felt all that rushed because they actually got something solid in each of the topics that they wanted to talk about but yeah an extra 15 minutes would be good but like with those topics we would have filled that time too and felt just as out of time right the other thing to acknowledge was one group one group failed Mm. they were not able to discuss enough to accomplish it down to uh, answer the question in three points with a picture in order to present for one minute. And they had to get up there and they just, we never landed on, on it. And yeah. that, th- I think that that is a risk that happens when you bring up any of these tough topics that some people are going to circle back to something that's maybe off task. And that's what happened at that table. And, uh, and, and it was unfortunate because we were managing the room, not just that table. And it, they ended up not succeeding in the, in the goals that they were given. Yeah. So then those are the first two sessions and those were to like in a way to prime the pump and help Chris and I be prepared for the live podcast that we did on Saturday morning. And that was the part that I was terrified about because it in that scenario, it seemed like, well, I mean, we were setting ourselves up as the experts and it was like, all of a sudden I'm on Catholic answers. Like I am not, I am not an apologist. I am not meant to be you know, on the spot, giving great answers. And so I was terrified, you know, with that one. Yeah. And if you haven't listened to the podcast uh, from last week, please do. But you'll notice that a lot of my answers were focused on how we talk about these issues, not how to solve these issues. Yeah. And I think that that's the most beautiful thing about ministry is like, it's not on us, right? Yeah. Like if we, if we create on ramps or pathways, especially with people that are struggling with these tough topics, that ultimately they show up to church, they show up to community, and God is going to be present in those in the midst of that. And that's where I believe that even where answers fail, God's love prevails. Yeah. And I don't know, those of y'all that listen to the podcast, y'all may have heard a couple of times where I punted the question to Chris or Chris punted the question to me and then I punted it back to him. <laughs> but that's just like all those, uh, the nerves around, you know, giving the right answer on a, a live podcast, not only, you know, giving the right answer to the people in the room, but also the people like you guys, like listening in. I want to make sure that we we honor the time that you spend listening to this. Yeah, I would tap your leg. That was my favorite. It was like, I'm done. And I would hit your leg. And that's the first time because we were next to each other. And yeah. then you would just, crud, I gotta go now. You know, yeah. so it was great. Yeah, so I had some excitement about it because it felt like kind of like a tsunami and I had a surfboard and it's like, see how long you can ride the wave. It was it was, it was was exciting in regards to that. But we've also navigated like the topic of uh, homosexuality before. Yeah. And we acknowledged at the beginning of that podcast that we did not have all the answers, that we, mm-hmm. we were going to fall short and we were going to try anyways. And that's, yeah. I think, one takeaway is as ministry leaders, we have to be willing to step out into the deep, to put out into the deep, even if we don't know how to fish. Like we have to trust that, okay, no one else is going there, but there's souls that need us to go there. 
we're going to go imperfectly and model what it means to stretch ourselves so that others might, uh, might follow that model. Absolutely. So where, where did you see God move in these times? It's funny because there were moments where in the live podcast, one question would come up and I'm like, oh gosh, this question feels like it has a huge agenda behind it. And then it would land. And yeah. I was like, oh, Holy Spirit, thank you so much. Like <laughs> co-pilot, right? Like it, the Holy Spirit was a great wingman for that. I also saw it in the earlier sessions, there were one or two groups that really experienced a sense of healing, almost like I've been needing to talk about this topic for years. And mm-hmm. now I finally have a platform um, to discuss it. And it was beautiful. What about yeah. you, Matt? Earlier when you said just having conversations about it, like that that's more time spent on that topic. That's one of the ways that I absolutely, you know, saw God, God move and it was beautiful. But then also in the conversations that happened after the presentations, the people that came up to talk a little bit more about it and or get advice about different things. How can we do this at our parish? Different things like that. That was beautiful. Like people wanting more and wanting to take this home and not just let it die there with with the workshop. And I think that's something that's beautiful in ministry is like the post meetings, right? When someone pulls you aside after a retreat planning meeting or something of that nature, and they're like, hey, do you have a minute? And next thing you know, it's it's 30 minutes and you're praying with them and they're crying with you and, and all these beautiful pieces that sometimes the ministry that we do shows that we're willing to discuss and be open about difficult issues. And maybe that individual isn't open or ready to share it in the group setting. And so they find that space afterwards, which yeah. happened. And there was actually, I think, at least one or two people that uh, that were prayed with by us uh, yep. afterwards. And I thought that was just so powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Why are we talking about what happened a week ago to our listeners and describing the situation? Like, what does this have to do with the people that are listening? Right. So I think that for us, we want to challenge you, the listener, um, and ministry leaders, to put out into the deep, to be uncomfortable, to be bold. And to not be afraid to try, uh, not, not necessarily try something new, but maybe a new approach that goes deeper, that is a risk, that is a challenge, that makes you uncomfortable for the sake of the kingdom, because there, there were some fruits that occurred in the midst of that. And it's not, it's not don't be afraid, really, because we were afraid. It's be courageous in face of the fear. I mean, that's what courage is, right? It's not not having fear. It's getting over the fear and doing doing something anyway. So be courageous in face of your fears. Is there something that you're not doing because you're afraid to do it? Do it. Like get out there and do it and and try. Let's speak to that courage because we're using the example of a session. But I think sometimes that courage could be a conversation, right? It could be a courageous yeah. conversation with your pastor and say, hey, I want to let you know that when this happened, this is what people shared with me. And I've been too scared to tell you and give you this feedback, but I think it might help you in your ministry. Or, hey, stop making those brownies. No one likes them. You know, I, I don't know. I have no idea. Um, and not to the pastor or whatever. But there's there's sometimes these hard conversations that we have with our coworkers that we have been, uh, that, that artificial harmony that we talk about, that's sometimes where the courage is needed. Sometimes the courage is needed in uh, in the way that we communicate and be like, no, I'm not going to say, okay, you turned all your things in and now you're just da-da-da-da. No, this sacrament is efficacious and we need to speak with that righteous tr- sort of truth. 
and speak truth into those situations. And I'm at a parent meeting, you know, just this last week, and I was looking at the room, and I was like, these people aren't fired up for this sacrament. Like, this is their children receiving grace from God. Like, why aren't they fired up? And so I started speaking that in, and the air of the room changed because I was willing to be uncomfortable because there was a chance that people would, as I said that, pull out their phones and look to see how much time I was taking up in my little soapbox moments, yep. you know? Yep. And uh, and so we need to be courageous. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so find out what, I mean, pray about and think about what area it is that you need to stretch a little bit or that you've been wanting to do something and just haven't done it. And take courage and and do it. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be a struggle. Just like Chris and I talked about with with our experience, you know, at the Dallas Ministry Conference, like choosing to take on a topic in a public area that could absolutely blow up in our face. And and trusting in the Lord, trusting in that God has the plan for this, that he has given you the, the passion to do this, and he's going to equip you to succeed at it. But, but the other thing is to acknowledge our process. So Matt and I got together uh, about a month ahead of the conference. We laid out the game plan, and we delegated certain pieces because we live in different towns. And then we didn't touch it until the week before. Yep. And the question is why. Why? Because we're busy, and other demands of ministry got in our way. And I think that sometimes the courageous activity, that bold thing that God is calling us to, right, that has maybe been on your heart for a number of years— is buried underneath the tasks of ministry. Like, honestly, like just keeping the ship afloat, Lord, I don't have time to do this new thing. And so I would really encourage you to take five, take 10, take uh, take a half day just to enter into the silence, be still with God, and ask him where, what side of the boat, I know you want me to walk on the water and step out of the boat. What side of the boat should I step out of? Because you've given me 30 ideas and I can't do all 30. I don't even feel like I can do the ideas that are already in the programming we have. So how do you make the bandwidth to be able to be bold in an effective way, right? Yeah. So the next question is, would we do it again? And Chris and I have different answers for this. And I have different answers for different aspects of it. The workshops and the the roundtables, absolutely. Like if we, if we want to get specific as to what we did, Yes, I would absolutely do the roundtables again. I don't know if I would do the the Catholic, you know, answers version of live a live podcast. Like I, yeah. I love the idea of a live podcast. Absolutely, asking like having to give answers to specific questions like that would be like really hard for me, and it, and it was hard for me. And maybe I would do it anyway because it's hard. But I'm I'm a lot more hesitant to do that because I, I hate. The, the thought of giving the wrong answer. Sure. So there is a fear that exists there. But at the same time, I think that we as ministry leaders need to say that if you are going to ask any question, the church is the place to ask that question. Yep. yep. We need to be humble enough to be able to acknowledge that we don't have the fullness of the answer, but we are going to do our best to get you the answer um, that, that God desires, you know, to share the truth in a loving way. The problem is, is on a live podcast, I can't say, oh, I'll look that up and get back to you. <laughs> well, and that's where, that's where in, in, for ministry leaders listening, this type of endeavor of doing something bold and courageous is a little bit easier because they have a little thing called relational ministry and accompaniment that, uh, yeah. Yeah. that, that, that partners with them, you know, whereas we were in a room filled with strangers. I'm an extrovert, Matt's an extrovert, but I really enjoyed 
seeing those questions come at us and uh, and then responding. And I knew that our goal wasn't to give the Ted Shree, Dr. Shree's answer yeah, on yeah. it. I, there are more qualified people out there to answer some of those questions. And to be honest, of all the questions we received, it's probably like six different experts. We'd want Jason Everett here. We'd want, you know, Mark Yarhouse here on these different questions and answers. And it was just us. And I'm okay with being like, yeah. well, I'm not the expert here, but here's here's how I'd recommend navigating it. And again, if you heard in the answers, it was always... Always, always making uh, making the Holy Spirit present um, in the midst of that conversation. And I think that was the beauty of like, yes, this is a place where you can ask answer, ask questions. Yes, God has the answers, and we're going to journey together to figure those out. Yeah, and the beauty about like doing something bold like this is like the next time you do it, you've got a little bit more confidence moving forward, and you can tweak it. I mean, you can do it differently. I, I may not do it exactly the same as we did before, but I'm going to do it again. Like, so the, the other question is, you know, are, are, would you do something bold like this again? And I think, like I can answer for Chris, you know, that absolutely. Like, that's, that's what Chris and I do. We try to push the envelope with regards to what ministry has done, especially with regards to things that are overlooked and not focused on that need to be focused on. We are hands down ready to be courageous for that, even if we end up looking like idiots. And it's envelope. So when you say looking like idiots, it's envelope, not envelope. <laughs> and I'm a jerk. Oh, now we're going to get to this again, huh? Here we go. Here we go. Rolling up the <laughs> sleeves. Um, but but I, think, I think it's neat because every ministry leader here has done something courageous, has stepped out on the water in some way. And I think it's important to, to acknowledge like, how far have you gone? Have you had a program that has failed or an initiative that didn't end up working even though you uh, set it up for success, right? And if the answer is no, then maybe there's a chance to be made more uncomfortable or to be more bold in regards to that. And then you kind of find your sweet spot by taking six steps forward and realizing, oh, I should have only taken four steps forward. And that's what the community is ready for. And then you, then you meet them where they're at. But I think that one of the most beautiful things is encouraging ministry leaders to not give up on their bold initiatives. Because yeah. as we're talking, I'm like, yes, we need to be courageous. And it's like, but that's kind of the, the place that we live in. And then I think about society and where we're at. Every ministry leader listening is living courageously in some way because we're trying to share God's love in the midst of a secular culture, right? Mm-hmm. We're trying to share um, the beauty of a relationship with God when a number of people coming to our programs are there to uh, consume a sacrament or to honor their heritage, right? Cultural Catholicism, consumer Catholicism, and then sweet, sweet disciple-making. And sometimes the most courageous thing we can do is that God created you for more, and then they're confronted with where they're at. Mm -hmm. And I know that every ministry leader listening desires that for their people. So you're you're saying, I mean, push until you fail. That's what I would encourage. It's kind of like how uh, how I get the gains, you know, these uh, this muscle. <laughs> I, I don't I don't lift weights, but but when I when I do, uh, you know, you're supposed to exercise until you hit the fail point when you're doing uh, when you're doing reps and, and things of that nature. So um, if it's good yeah. enough for my biceps, then it's good enough for my ministry. <laughs> Sounds good. Great. Well, uh, last week was a longer episode. This week, I think we're going to just do a little shorter episode. Uh, but we want to hear back from you guys. What are some of the bold things that you've been trying in your ministry? I want to hear about uh, the tough topics and how you've been dealing with them. Like what on-ramps 
for people that struggle with same-sex attraction does your ministry have, right? I always think about uh, my youth ministry program. There was a teen that uh, they got pregnant, and uh, she disappeared from the youth program. And that means that our program has not have, does not have that radical hospitality that I hoped it, it did. Mm. We did have someone that was a drug dealer at our program, and uh, that was exciting because he needs Jesus, right? And so I pulled yeah. him aside, and I talked to him about it. But what aspects of it, what on-ramps do you have for the lost and the lonely to be able to make their way on to a platform where they can talk to Jesus and encounter Christ and uh, and to think about it. So what are you doing to reach out to the drug dealers? What are you doing to reach out to uh, the unwed mothers, uh, those who have experienced divorce? Um, what are you doing to accommodate someone who might have an illegal status in the United States? What are those things? We want to hear from you um, on those best practices or bold practices that maybe didn't work out at all, but tell us, share with us so that we can learn from each other. Yeah. And if you feel more comfortable sending that privately in an email, you can email us at mla at ablaze.us. Please share this podcast with everyone. Here at Ministry Leaders Anonymous, we believe that if you want to go quickly, go alone. And if you want to go far, we go together. Take some time this week to pray for other ministry leaders and get some silence to ask God, where are we supposed to put out into the deep boldly? We will see you next week on Ministry Leaders Anonymous. God bless. God bless.